97.9 FM WCHL is pleased to present Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Nicole has over 15 years of experience as a geriatric social worker and administrator working in the long-term care industry to include skilled nursing care, Alzheimer's care, adult day care, and home care. She also worked as a family caregiver. In addition, Nicole co-founded a nonprofit in the Triangle that specializes in support for caregivers. Now, Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno. Welcome to this episode of Caring Connections. This is Nicole Bruno, your host. Joining me today is Marquita Williams, Coordinator of Volunteer Services for UNC Hospice, and we are going to be talking about what end-of-life care looks like in our community right here in Orange County. Welcome, Marquita. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, and I'm so glad that you kind of raised your hand up and said, we have something really excited to talk about in our community. And I thought, before we make everybody wait and find out what that is, let's just talk a little bit about your exciting news. So UNC Hospice will be building a building a inpatient facility, which will be opening this fall. Wow! So have you broken ground yet? Yes. Oh, okay. We did. Okay. We did. Wow. I think that was last year, July fourteenth. Okay, yeah. so it's on one year anniversary of the building project. Oh yes. And we all know build outs <laughs> take longer than expected. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying an inpatient hospice unit, and so that's kind of a. Uh, some lingo that we might hear in the senior or older adult care industry. What exactly does that mean? So I like to tell people inpatient facility, it's for hospice mm-hmm. patients. It's like an emergency room okay. for hospice patients. Um, so you mean emergency room, so you don't stay there? No, well, you can stay there. Okay. And um, I know it's with the lingo. Yeah. When a hospice patient, nine times out of ten, they don't want to go back to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Or if there's anything with sense to management mm-hmm. or anything, they are able to go to the hospice home and um, have any treatment or anything that's needed. Where in the home, they're not able to have that done. If it's pain control or if it's bleeding and it cannot be stopped, they would go somewhere like a hospice home if there's rooms available. Okay, so I think there might be potentially some confusion in the community. You know, when you hear the word hospice home, you might think, well, I just move out of my home and I move into this place. Like I might move into a nursing home Mm -hmm. and assisted living and live out my last, you know, six, eight months a year. But that's not that's not the intention of this project. No, and thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> we have a lot of people who ask that. So um, whenever there is any complications in the home, if you're a hospice patient mm-hmm. and they need to have anything where they need someone around the clock to kind of help out with the pain control for it. And I'll use that as an example. If they're in a home and their pain cannot be controlled, they would go to a hospice home where the nurses and aides and different people try to do different regimens to make sure that that patient is stabilized. And once that patient is stabilized, they will go back home. And that could be their physical home Mm -hmm. or a nursing home or assisted living facility. But they will not stay there until the end of life unless it's a matter of days or so. Okay. Okay. So that that makes sense. And so, and I'm guessing that that is sort of driven by payors, like insurance companies and things like Mm -hmm. that. It's sort of, it's the Mm -hmm. way you get paid to provide that service dictates probably whether or not a person can stay. Just like in a hospital. Exactly. You have a baby, you can stay there for two or three days max and then you're, you're they say you need to go mm-hmm. <laughs> go home with that baby <laughs> similar yeah. similar type of, 
play for rules just like everything else in this world. Exactly. So, completely understand. So it's not UNC's fault that you have to leave. <laughs> this, is, this is just the way this is the way it works. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're saying it opens in the fall. Where exactly is this going to be located? So it's going to be located in Chatham County. Oh, okay. And um, and if you're familiar with 15501, it's mm-hmm. going to be located on 15501 behind the Bojangles. Okay. Um, we tell everyone that's our trademark, the Bojangles <laughs> in Chatham County. So it's going to be located there by the medical office building. Okay. And then how many rooms are you going to have? We're going to have 10 rooms. Okay. Six are going to be acute. Okay. And four are going to be residential. Okay. So what's that mean when you say residential? Because we just said people can't live there. (laughs) (laughs) So residential is, and I'll give a a scenario. Yeah, that's perfect. Residential is where a patient comes when they're at home and a caregiver cannot take care of that patient any longer. Okay. So they will move into the inpatient facility. At the day that patient moves into that facility, the social worker, um, nurses, anyone who's on that care team try to come up with a discharge plan. Okay. So it's there like a holding. Sort of like a yeah, holding yeah, zone. Holding yeah, until they find out, okay, well, we have a nursing facility um, that you can be transferred to or assisted living facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to let everyone know, when they do move into that facility as a residential, they will the patient will be responsible for room and board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, anything, um, whether it's with the supplies or the medications for the diagnosis of being a hospice patient, hospice will still continue to pay for that. It would just be the room and board that the patient would pay for. So a potential scenario could be, I mean, God forbid I get cancer tomorrow mm-hmm. and I have three small children and mm-hmm. supposing it's obviously for some reason how my children are handling being around me as I'm dying is very traumatic for them now it's not the case for everybody but to say my kids it was and it and there was no other place for me to go that could be a potential holding scenario where you might say you know this is a situation where she can't be cared for well at home she can come here for a period of time until we can find an alternate situation that's better exactly okay Mm -hmm. that works so I guess that kind of leads me into another question so do you have to live in Chatham County in order to stay in this hospital could you come from Wake County could you come come from from Durham or yes okay Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be a a previous hospice patient in order to be um, in that hospice home okay so if your physician says yes you have six months or less Mm -hmm. to um to live and you want hospice and you need hospice care and you have symptom management um, issues, then you can move into that hospice home. So you mm-hmm. can come from Wake County. You can come from Nash County okay. and move into that hospice home um, to care for your symptoms or until you find a placement. Can you come from out of state? Yes, we do. Actually. Even because you never know if somebody might be trying to move someone closer. Exactly. And, okay. and we do have that now okay. where um, patients are traveling and okay. they come to visit family. And so we just um, take care of them for the time that they're here. And then once they go back home, if they do not die in mm-hmm. our, in our care, but um, they come and they stay on our hospice services until they are ready to go home. So suppose that I was a person listening to the show and I thought, this sounds like a great idea. I want to open up a hospice home. Can anybody just do this? Or is there, no. is this a complicated process? It or? is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you should have saw the look in her face. Her eyes got as wide as saucers. 
<laughs> it is. Um, you would need a certificate of need. Okay. And there are different layers you would have to go through mm-hmm. to get the information and completing the form. Layers and, is a better word than red tape, huh? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a it's a long process. Definitely. Okay. So this this is definitely something that that you have to go through lots of regulations to get through. So great. Well, yeah. this is great conversation. We're going to pick up after we take a quick break. I am here today with Marquita uh, Williams, who is a volunteer coordinator for uh, UNC Hospice. This has been great information we've been having. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Nicole Bruno, your host of Caring Connections, and joining me is Marquita Williams, coordinator of volunteer services for UNC Hospice, and we've been hearing some great information, lots of uh, meat and potatoes information about the brand new inpatient hospice home that's opening up in Chatham County off of 15501 behind the Bojangles, she says. If you know where that is in Chatham County, then that is where this home is going to be. Um, So this is great, great information. And I know that you wanted to mention a little bit more information about the respite services that you are going to be providing there as well. Definitely. So with our hospice patients, um, we know that the caregivers sometimes can get burned out Mm -hmm. or there's just different things that they want to do. Maybe go to the beach for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And the neat thing about having this hospice home, if beds are available, the caregivers can go through the um, information with their social worker a part of their care team, and set up respite where the patient can come inside the hospice home and provide respite for those caregivers Mm -hmm. up to five days. And hospice pays for that. Mm -hmm. Hospice will pay for those five days, or 40 hours, I should say. Yeah, Yeah. and you know what? You know what, everybody listening? Hospice is intended to help the family, not just the patient. Exactly. And the saddest thing that I've heard across the board, doesn't matter what hospice organization I've spoken to, is that the Patients' families say they wish they would have signed their loved one up sooner. Yes. Length of stay is a huge issue. And people often view putting someone on hospice as giving up. Mm -hmm. And I feel like putting someone on hospice is giving life. Oh, Because you'd be surprised on how much people bounce when they go on hospice service. People graduate off of it because they they get better. They They, do. There's all that support around the family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those listening might say, well, I would have never taken a five-day respite when I put my mom on hospice because she died three days after I put it on mm-hmm. because they were put on hospice too late. That's and right. And so, you know, this is a six-month benefit, which can be potentially renewed, yes, correct? It's, and it's, um, we we say six months, mm-hmm. but, I mean, there, there are times where patients are hospice patients for a year, mm-hmm. and that's just with any hospice. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they are appropriate for hospice, mm-hmm. they can remain on receiving hospice care. Exactly. And um, and like you mentioned, when the patient becomes a hospice patient, they have all these services that, that are coming in, mm-hmm. whether it's their nurse or their CNA. Volunteers. Volunteers, mm-hmm. definitely. <laughs> yep. And having that support and you start seeing that person bounce back and mm-hmm. they do sometimes graduate for hospice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely. So that's, you know, if you're thinking about it, it's, it's not giving up on your loved one it's exactly. it's, give, it's to me it's giving life mm-hmm. and it's giving life to all of you too i mean i've seen hospice work yeah. wonders with family situations and yes. help people complete their quote bucket list is uh-huh. you know mainstream <laughs> media things these days but if a person's only in hospice for a few days they don't get the benefit of all that exactly and so you know while it's still great that they had it for those last few days wouldn't have been so much better for them to have it for the last few months right so right. much better right. so 
UNC Hospice, I mean, it seems like you all have been around forever. <laughs> How long have you been in operation? So in operation, 32 years. Oh, wow. Um, 1984, we started the Hospice of Chatham County. Okay. Um, Dr. James B. Holt actually started okay. that. Okay. Okay. And from there, 1999, UNC um, took over. Okay. And we became UNC Hospice. Okay. And so that's about 17 years. Okay. So, so ever since, we've been growing and... Long-standing in the community. Yes, definitely. And I think another thing that people may not realize, while ever, people seem to realize assistant living communities are all different from each other, hospice mm-hmm. organizations are different from each other. They I think are. people generally think, well, I'm on hospice. It's just one entity. No. There yeah. are for-profit. There are non-profit. There are... Hospital-based. Yeah. So all different types. It is. It is. While you still have to do certain courses, services. Exactly. Under Medicare, Medicaid, Mm -hmm. um, there are some regulations that all hospices across the board have to make sure that they are I guess you would say crossing your T's, dotting your I's. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely with Joint Commission, we are hospital affiliated, so we're accredited by Joint Commission. They come in mm-hmm. and do surveys, audit us, and just to make sure, you know, we are doing what we are saying we're doing mm-hmm. and making sure we're taking care of our patients. Definitely. So, you know, if you're given a, a options of different hospice entities to choose from, those of you listening today, you always have a choice. Yes. Because they're there is more than one hospice. hospice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you kind of feel funny about interviewing hospice organizations, but the reality is, oh, yes. I think y'all probably have different things you feel like you're stronger in than maybe another group. And people sort of even specialize within hospice, I'm sure, in different yes, ways. So, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a definite it's, thing. It's always good. And I would tell people, call different hospices mm-hmm. and get information and ask for info visits and just mm-hmm. to get a background Um like you said, they're all different. We do have to um, have some standards that we have we have to abide by, but at the same time, all hospices are different. Definitely. So definitely call, get information. So we've been talking about, well, people tend to be on their last few days of life versus mm-hmm. taking advantage for months. How do you know if you're eligible? What are some of the requirements? So some of the require- requirements, one, the physician has to say, you have six months or less. We all know that there's no crystal ball saying exactly, mm-hmm. but just around the ballpark, six months or less. So that's one of the problems we have mm-hmm. because physicians are trained to fix people. Yes. And it's really <laughs> hard for a physician to say to somebody, I can't fix you anymore, especially because we're in such an area of all this research and oh, yeah. these schools and there's so many things you can try to keep keeping a person going. Mm-hmm. It's hard for a physician to say to somebody, Geez, you know, it might be your last six months. Yeah. So that's the first problem we have. <laughs> yeah, it is. And the, the good thing I can say with some, the physicians, they would call and they would get mm-hmm. information about us. And we are always available to go out and to talk mm-hmm. to you, you um, whether it's the f- physicians or if it's people in communities mm-hmm. or, you know, different areas who wants to know more information. We are more than willing to come out and talk. So I think more and more physicians are feeling comfortable, mm-hmm. feeling supported. And so that's that's one thing that we are seeing more, more and more. And they're of. trusting. Oh, you know, yeah. And they're giving over their patient to yes. you. So that's, you know, that's And they an don't amazing. lose their patient. No, no, no. But they're, the, yes, yes, yes. But certainly the care, you know, oh, the, yeah. the hands-on care, which is which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So six months or less, what other things makes you eligible? Um, The patient has to want hospice. Okay. Just because they are appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we have patients or people in general just, no, I don't want hospice. Mm-hmm. So they have to be on board mm-hmm. and they have to have came to terms and say, I do not want any aggressive treatment or any curative care. Mm-hmm. I want palliative 
comfort care. Mm-hmm. But there are still some things that people may view as more aggressive treatment that are can be provided because it makes the person more comfortable. Right. You know, if you had mm-hmm. a tumor pressing on some sort of part of your body that's really painful, mm-hmm. you might do a little radiation to shrink it down a little bit to and make if, you more comfortable, correct? And if they do do that, they um, they could revoke from hospice. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. more of a curative care. Sure. And so they will revoke, but they can come back at any time as long as they are appropriate. And we do have patients that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they come up with another, they see another treatment or research and find something else and they want to try and it's absolute we're supportive mm-hmm. of that and that's like another key thing before we take another break here is that going on to hospice is not giving up hope exactly hospice is hope it is hope yes. and it's life it is we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back welcome back this is nicole bruno your host of caring connections and joining me again is marquita williams who's the coordinator of volunteer services for unc hospice and we are talking about what end of life care looks like in our community if you take on a service such as UNC Hospice. So welcome back. Uh, lots of good information and hopefully lots of myth busters out there that we just yes. kind of smashed. <laughs> um, you know, what about those listening today? You're coordinator of volunteer services. What does a volunteer do for UNC Hospice and, and what do you need and what are you looking for? Well, we have a lot of opportunities <laughs> and we love and welcome volunteers. <laughs> so we have volunteers all the way from clerical, whether it's coming in, helping with fouling or mass mailings. Then we have volunteers who provide that direct patient care just to be a companion. Um, we have families that are out of town and they're caring for a loved one that's in the area so having a volunteer to go in and just check on them and mm-hmm. see how they're doing we have volunteers to deliver flowers every mm. tuesday and wednesday to our patients um, we have music volunteers we we're always trying to think of innovative ways to make sure we're supporting our patient and our families so if you're interested definitely call us and we can get you to <laughs> And I have a feeling I know who you're going to be talking to. <laughs> this, oh, yeah. This lovely lady right across the table from me right now. So if people do want more information about UNC Hospice, uh, how do they get a hold of y'all? You can um, Google search UNC Hospice. And you can find us that way on the web. You can also contact us via phone, which is 984-215-2655. Great. And that information is also online or drop by our office. It's in Pittsburgh. Okay. And so that's also online. Awesome. And And that's how you get a hold of you. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Another thing I wanted to touch on before we end the show today has to do with aftercare, the grief care. So, you know, after a loved one passes, if they were on hospice or if they're not on hospice even, you know, if if it was me, if I had just Mm -hmm. lost a loved one suddenly and I felt like I needed some support, grief care is available to me. It is. Um, Anyone who is experiencing grief can call UNC Hospice and a grief counselor will be there to talk to them, whether it's for that person to come inside the office and talk with our grief counselors or to meet at a coffee shop or in the home. You do not have to be a family member of a patient or be a patient to receive any services. If you are... Um, A patient of hospice, the family will be followed once their loved one has passed away Mm -hmm. um, up to 13 months. Okay. Um, So definitely 
it's that service is there and it's for anyone in the community. Is it free or? It's free. Okay. It's free of charge. So you do not have to pay. Also, we go out and talk to different communities, whether it's assisted living community or organizations who wants to know about the end of life care, or we like to say hospice one-on-ones or grief, mm-hmm. anticipatory grief or anything of that nature. We come out free of charge mm-hmm. and we provide that service as well. So I guess the last thing I, I, I feel like I really need to touch on here has to do with um, what about giving donations? I'm sure there's a lot of expenses and, and things that you may be looking for. So if people are listening today and they want to make a financial contribution or give something that you may be looking for, do they call those phone numbers you gave out before? Yes, or? you can call the phone number mm-hmm. and get the mailing address, mm-hmm. or you can go on to our website and you can make a donation there as well. And you can specify what you want those funds to go towards. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today, Marquita. Thank you. You've given us a lot of great information. Really excited about your uh, new hospice home. I hope I get an invitation to come see when it opens up. All right. I'll be there for sure. And as always, you may email your caring questions to caring at 1360whchl.com. Thank you so much and have a great day. The purpose of Caring Connections is to educate listeners to help improve the quality of life for families, for professional caregivers, as well as those people affected with Alzheimer's disease. Caring Connections with Nicole Bruno is supported by HomeWatch Caregivers. You can hear this and any other program of Caring Connections on WCHL's website, chapelboro.com. Be sure to email questions to caring at 1360whchl.com. Caring Connections is a presentation of 97.9 FM, WCHL, Chapel Hill Carborough's News, Talk, and Tar Heel Station.